0: Hey there, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Before we get into the episode today, I just wanted to announce a few things. Um, we are on Twitter. I don't know if you guys know that. Um, so if you use Twitter, definitely follow us. Uh, we're at all things Monty. That's all things and then m o n t i it's kind of silly but you know it was the only one that kind of was the most relevant um and of course we're on instagram as well um and we have a new website so if you haven't been able to check out our new website allthingsmontessoripodcast.com, uh please do um i've been sort of uh you know looking at wix and seeing what kinds of things that we can we can use to get information out to you guys. So I think it will prove to be a pretty useful thing in the future. Um, and again, thanks as always for listening. Um, I'm still amazed when I look at our listenership and I receive emails or or hear from people listening to the podcast. And that is it's the greatest gift. I am so appreciative. Jamie and I are just kind of blown away by the support. So thank you so much for listening. Um, and if you know any Montessorians that perhaps don't know about us, uh, feel free to to let them know. And if you are liking our podcast, you can always leave us a review. Um, they always help. Um, so anyway, you guys are so great, and I hope you enjoy our episode today. Jamie and I are going to talk about a pretty interesting topic, so I hope you enjoy.
1: Hey, Rachel. How's it going? It's great. Um, How
0: are you? Great.
1: Great. I was thinking that it would be fun to pick up another album today.
0: I agree. And I think it's hilarious, the album we want to talk about today, because I'm so excited to talk about it. But if we would rewind to five years ago when I was in training, I would never have wanted to talk about this album (laughs) ever. (laughs) Ever. Um, We're going to talk about the math album. We sure are. <laughs> um. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. My my transformation with math through Montessori has been one of the greatest gifts, actually, of my adult life. Um. I mean, I can honestly say I learned math in my Montessori training <laughs> because I did not understand a lot about math until I really had the Montessori math experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're not the only so. one. <laughs>
0: I know it's uh, it's insane I mean I think the way it's presented and we'll get into more of that um, as we go through this podcast but um, you know I think just the um, the way there's so many different approaches to all these math concepts um, you know I always felt that when I learned math as a as a kid it was like math was done one way and if you didn't know how to do it that way then Mm -hmm. you got it wrong you know, I'd, I never felt like there was a lot of wiggle room. I never felt like, you know, well, what what if you, we try it this way? I never felt like there was a lot of creativity in math, I guess. Um, and I felt really stuck, frankly. And then when you feel stuck, I just I built up a wall saying, well, I guess, you know, I can't I can't do math. I'm bad at math. That used to be like my crutch. Right. I can't do math. Um, yeah. And Montessori just totally it really it really changed all of that, which I'm so grateful for. Um, so I'm super happy to talk about it.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, people have a lot of different sort of experiences with math. And I think it's one of those subject mm-hmm. areas that we can find, you know, people that have those kinds of walls like you're talking about. Or even for yeah. me, I was always, you know, tr- you know, I did really well on math tests. I always, I progressed through math really uh, effectively, according to the mainstream, you know, education system. But I, I, it was mostly because I could memorize things really well, and it was Montessori training mm-hmm. that helped me actually understand. Oh, when you, when you put an exponent on a number, like when you put the, you know, when you have five squared, like that's an actual geometric square that's being made. It's not just a little two. Up at the up right of the five, right? Like, I didn't, those were the kinds of things I didn't know. I just memorized rules and formulas, and the math, mm-hmm. you know, the math work in Montessori helped me to actually see and understand the concepts in a far deeper level. Um, and that's it's the, pretty, it's. Amazing it's, it's just beautiful, it's really incredible
0: mm-hmm. um right. I mean, and I think when you get the understanding behind all those formulas or you know all all those math rules, um that's when it does become beautiful because it's it's you realize how deep math is um and it's not just about numbers, you know it's there's our you know we live in a mathematical world, mm-hmm. there are numbers literally everywhere. I mean, our minds are trained to be mathematical minds, you know, from the start. Right. Um. So math is truly in everything. Yeah, we're constantly
1: yeah. experiencing math. And as we judge the distance mm-hmm. between our car and the car in front of us, as we calculate whether we can afford to buy coffee this morning or, you know, I mean, math is a part of our yeah. daily lives. and And so it's really that's really how in a in a montessori environment we try to to bring math to the children to to connect it to to daily life and to a really concrete concrete experiences and i think one of the most amazing things about the way that we do math in montessori is that it allows for a lot of the math work to be discoveries that the children make because the you know mm, the materials yeah. allow them to learn with those you know these beautiful precise materials but also the the material the materials allow them to <laughs> um to learn from them not from what i'm telling you like you get to discover that this happens or that happens it's a it's a self discovery that occurs and that's a real power we all have had experiences when we've learn something ourselves and how powerful that is and that's how children get mm, to experience mm-hmm. most of the math work which is just a gift.
0: It totally is. I mean it, it I mean the math materials specifically really guide the children to those discoveries where they mm-hmm. put in the work and they're not going to, you know, and that's that's the true test of, you know, the Montessori guide is that patience because you so badly want to tell them you know, what they're doing. Or you so badly want to tell them what the commutative law means or, you know, whatever. But you have to sit back and wait. I used to just hold my hands under the table because I just wanted to point (laughs) to what, you know what I mean? I was like, oh my gosh, I it's so hard. But when they do have that discovery, you know, their eyes light up and it's just It's amazing. Jamie, you should tell the story you told in training. I've heard it before, but of um, you had a child. um, I think it was with the checkerboard, I think. Uh, Oh,
1: with the flat bead frame. Oh, there we go. Yeah. (laughs) So um, the interest, I think that that talk, what you're saying in terms of like having to have some patience or step back, the reality is as a as a monastery guide we have to remember that you know when we present a lesson we're not going to actually see the learning happen in front of our eyes necessarily you know mm-hmm. we're we're going to give the lesson get them excited about it and then we're going to go to another group and give another lesson and we may not see the learning happen and especially that transition when a child moves from materials to doing the abstraction to doing the you know maybe doing something on paper or whatever we quite often miss that because you know we're really busy in the classroom Uh, but that's how it's supposed to happen ideally they take themselves through the passage to uh, to abstraction to being able to do something on paper Um, and I'm once in my career in the classroom, I witnessed this in front of my eyes. Like I'd never seen it happen. I'd seen the result of it, but I hadn't seen it happen. Mm-hmm. And it was when I had a little guy who was maybe nine or so, and we were having a an open house or something. So he was presenting to his parents and his grandparents, and he was showing the flat bead frame, which is a uh, material for long multiplication. And he started using the flat bead frame and moving the beads um, to do the you know the first digit of his multiplier. And then when he went to the second digit of the multiplier, he just finished the problem on paper. Like he, mm. he recognized like, uh, like without even realizing it, he just switched away from the material to doing the multiplication completely on paper. And I had never seen a child mm. move from material to paper like that before. And so I was like, so excited and crying and, oh and tears gosh, in my I, eyes. I love that. And this little guy is looking at me like, Jamie. I'm like what? <laughs> what's your what's your problem? <laughs> and the funny thing is, is you know, this happened now, I don't know, fifteen years ago, or something., yeah. and I saw him a few years back at ran into him at a restaurant and t- told him how I tell the story and how amazing it was. and he has zero recollection of yeah. that event. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he he's like I, he doesn't remember at all, and this is the kind of experience, you know. Uh, elementary children get to have you know on a daily basis in the classroom and it's stuff that just builds who they are and then they don't even like it's it's just no big deal they don't even remember
0: right <laughs> and when something is no big deal like that then it doesn't become ever scary or the, it's like the pressure is sort of removed they just know it it's like oh i yeah. just i just know um and that yep. confidence especially with something like math That's going to serve them so well when you know when inevitably they're going to be taking tests and you know having to perform you know these sorts of things you know as they continue on you know in their academic career. I mean, oh my gosh, I love that story so much. It's just that to me, it just is like what the math album is about. Um, So let's, let's let's actually break that down a little bit though and talk about. Uh, the concept in Montessori of you know moving from concrete to abstract or you know materials to paper, um, because that is something um, that that's that's kind of all over the Montessori classroom, um, but it's r- I think it's really present in math, um, and there's a lot of yeah. you know when they're young you know when they're six seven. And eight, there's a lot of work that's done with the materials. There's a lot of work where the guide is going to be doing a lot of the writing at first, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And and I think that can be kind of scary to Montessori parents uh, because in the traditional education, you know, there's a lot of work on paper um, when they're really young. So I think it's um, just as the guide has to be patient, I think the parents also have a feeling of, well, are they learning anything? You know, like, because it's just working with the material.
1: Right. Well, and part of the reason is, you know, when we when we start with some of these math ideas and and a lot of those ideas are introduced in in the primary classroom in the children's house under the age of six. But we are starting with a child who's. um hand might not be really mature enough to do a lot of writing yet. So we, mm-hmm. there's materials so that there's no writing required so that they can do the the mathematical concept, but they don't have to have the ability to form their numbers beautifully. And honestly, you know, six year olds even come in still struggling to form, form their numbers in writing. And of course we're going to work on that, but we don't want that to get in the way of everything else they can do in math. Um, So we do we do try to make sure there's lots they can do that doesn't that doesn't require writing because their minds are ready for it, even if their hand isn't quite yet. Um, Yeah. But I think that is hard because it means, you know, you're not getting paperwork sheets that go home, but we want to present like we want the children to have an understanding of quantity and an understanding of our decimal system. So how mm-hmm. we're we're a base 10 system, uh, and what that means. Like not just that not not just that you carry the one over in addition, but exactly what that means. You know, what does that look yeah. like? You know, we've got we've got golden beads, which are probably one of my favorite materials because They're they pretty really great they represent the actual quantity so each little unit bead is one is a one it's a unit and then you put 10 of those together and we have a 10 bar where it's you know 10 beads that are are held together with wire and you put 10 of those together and we have a 100 square that's held together with wire and you put 10 of those 100 squares together and we have a thousand cube and they can literally hold those values in their hands they can see they can count they can relate that it's a very that's what we mean when we talk about something being concrete it's there it's not just a number on a page it's a quantity they can touch they can feel they can see the difference between one unit and a thousand units together you know they can feel that Mm -hmm. it's a it's a powerful experience for them to to really understand quantity and to understand our our decimal system
0: it's Um. so powerful well i think it's visual and it's physical like mm-hmm. it's visual and and tangible rather. I mean it's mm-hmm. I love what you're talking about with being able to feel it because they can literally feel what it feels like to hold that 10. Um mm-hmm. it it puts an experience with that sort of abstract number. Like what does that actually mean? Here I have 10 of something and this is a 10 bar and I remember when I first saw the hundred square, I mean I just was like, "Oh. It's a that's the square of 10, like you were talking about earlier, learning about what the exponent, you know, really meant. That was a mind blowing experience to me because I'd never seen it visually like that. And so showing the children that visual representation so early. um, I mean, yeah, it's 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 such a like it's such a deeper meaning because it's it's you know, it's answering all the whys or the what's like, this is what this is. This is why we do it this way um and then one of my favorite materials that um is actually it could be in the primary classroom um it's sort of one of the materials that acts as a bridge between primary and elementary um is something we call the wooden hierarchical material um which is basically the golden bead rep- uh presentation that Jamie was just talking about but it's just a lot bigger, <laughs> right?
1: It goes so, up to it goes up to millions. So the children can actually,
0: millions. They can yeah. hold
1: a unit, and then they can hold well, two of them probably can well, hold two of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they can hold the million, and it is you know exactly proportional. So they get yeah. you know they get a lot of this math experience, and and again they're not writing. I mean there's there's nothing to write down about this uh, right. for them to take home and say that they've done this. Particular activity, but but it is a powerful sort of um, building of their minds and their understanding of quantity and of our of our decimal system of how our number system works, um, and that's a lot of what we're doing in the early presentations on any concept is that we're giving them a really c- um, a concrete, hands-on, foundational experience with the concept. So, mm-hmm. for younger children in the Montessori classroom, we're actually trying to give them a lot of concrete experience with a lot of different math concepts. So we're going to introduce um, uh, the concept of a multiple or a factor with, you mm-hmm. know, concrete materials. And we can take them, you know, all of our math uh, areas, you know, everything that we present. We have um, lessons that take the children from that concrete to abstract, but we're actually not going to work linearly on just one concept and then move to another. What we're going to do is introduce when the children are at this younger age, introduce a lot of, um, of these concrete ideas, and then work Kind of almost like in a spiral, you know. Go back then and revisit those later, and go to mm-hmm. a, you know a, a another level of abstraction. But we're not we're not just going to say, okay, we're going to introduce factors and then work all the way through you sweet little six year old until you can do all right. the fa- <laughs> factors on paper and do a factor, uh, you know, factor out a number and that sort of thing. Like we aren't going to do that. We might introduce the concrete idea of a factor. And we do that by, like, counting out 18 pegs and saying, how many, you know, groups of two? Can can we make groups of two out of these pegs with none left over? And can we make groups of three? Can we make groups of four uh, to help children see what a factor is? Um, but we aren't going to – then we might introduce fractions. You know, we might introduce yeah. our concrete right. our concrete work with fractions. So a child's experience in the elementary classroom is going to be – a lot of concrete uh, very little writing math exposure in their first year or two as they then Mm -hmm. move toward abstraction so um so we'll introduce long multiplication in a very concrete way we'll introduce long division we'll introduce i mean when we think of all the ideas the really concrete things we can introduce to the youngest children what else is there um
0: uh um let me see. Well, you said fractions, you said multiples. Well, the uh commutative and distributive law. Yeah. That's another one. Um yeah. all the operations, I mean all four operations we can introduce. Um and then, you know, we can I mean word problems is, you know, that's more when they're 8 or 9. Um but that's even really concrete in the beginning as well. Um yeah. and divisibility. I mean, every,
1: I mean We can Uh introduce word problems. I mean, ideally, hopefully, we're doing some general word problems like, oh, we have 25 children in our class and we only have five tables to sit at.
0: Mm. How many Mm -hmm. children
1: need to sit at each table? You know, we can can bring some basic word problems to them as well. Um, Yeah, Mm -hmm. all of this stuff. Like, children are going to be working in all those areas uh, when they're young. And then we... As they're ready, as they show interest, we help give you know further presentations that support them in being able to uh, understand the sort of abstract processes for each of these
0: concepts. Yeah, I mean, I think um, as we introduce all of those aspects of math, it allows the children to you know really start to put it all together. You know, you can find connections with, you know, fractions and division or, you know, what have you. I mean, math is really interrelated. Um, And so as you're, you know, sort of dipping in all these little pools in the math section, it not only keeps them interested and entertained because you're not just drilling, you know, multiples into them for like a week or two. Um, It keeps them like, you know, just thinking of oh this is really fun it doesn't it doesn't um, I don't know I think it kind of takes it takes that traditional math kind of um, memorization you have to know this blah 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 it kind of takes that out of it because it makes it a really fun experience um, and and a lot of the math materials are actually super fun like they're so fun I think I mean I think the one that you were talking about factors with the pegboard so fun. It's so fun to make groups of numbers on that pegboard. I have done it multiple times just, you know, to entertain myself, um, not even with a child. Um, Mm -hmm. And and that fun experience, um, as Jamie and I talk about a lot on here, um, that love of learning. um, When you love something and you have a positive experience with something, um, that's when you're going to really, really learn it. Um, of course, if you have a negative experience that sticks with you too, but in a totally different way. Um, so when it's positive and fun and, um, and also like concrete and visual and like, you know, a a great experience that's going to stay with them. And then, you know, it goes deeper and deeper as elementary continues, you know, you, you go to the next level and then the next level, you know, but I think also as you introduce them at that concrete stage it's a really clear indicator to the guide when is the right time to move on uh, because those materials, I mean, there's there's a big control of error with a lot of them and you can really observe and see when it is the right time to do the next step.
1: Right, right. And the children, the children get to collect, they get to um, uh, correct their own work too. So it doesn't always yeah. have to rely on adults are giving a marked up paper back to them they actually there's mm-hmm. con- those controls of error built within the material so that they so that they c- can correct their own work which is a powerful experience as well yeah
0: and the concrete materials they don't just they're not just in lower elementary i mean there's concrete materials throughout so that's another beautiful thing um, that you know children of all ages Mind you, upper elementary is not going to be using them as much um, because they're, you know, just at a different stage, but it it kind of evokes this sense of, you know, it's not a competition. It's not, no one's really left to feel in the dust. Oh, well, they're working on that and I'm not. I mean, everybody's working on all different kinds of things. Because when you approach mm-hmm. math like that and you, you, you show all of these different aspects of it, um, everybody is going to be working at their own pace in a lot of different areas. So you know you you sort of eliminate that feeling of oh well i'm bad at math because i'm not doing that i mean you might still have a child feeling like that and they just might need a little extra help and that's totally fine um but it just sort of it sort of it sort of takes that away because everybody's working on different things which is great
1: yeah i mean and that's the other sort of wonderful thing about the way we do math is that we we have everything that is required you know most everything that's required by most states and countries in terms mm-hmm. of standards mm-hmm. but we aren't rec- we don't have to give them you know most state standards are broken down by age as if as if it's reasonable for it to expect that every 9-year-old knows the exact same thing even though Adults, we don't have, you know, every 45-year-old has to know the exact same thing. But we, <laughs> we, for some reason, That's think that children insane. do. But we meet we meet all these standards, but we have the flexibility to say if a child's really excited about fractions when they're six or seven, like we can take them through all of fractions over that time period, even though it's not required by the state usually until third or fourth yeah. grade, you yeah. know, until they're nine mm-hmm. or ten. And so we have that potential. So that's where everybody's working on different things in the classroom. And everyone's got, you know, and like you said, they're going to work with materials as they get older as well. But they might, you know, as in the second half of the elementary, they are, you know, they are are going toward abstraction on a lot more things. So they're not going to usually use materials uh, for operations anymore, like addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. But they will probably use materials for... When we're, you know, doing squaring a binomial mm-hmm. for a while mm-hmm. or they're going to use materials for uh, converting numbers to other number bases mm-hmm. or they're going to use materials for finding, you know, the cube root of something. So <clears throat> so we do have other, you know, things in further along in the album that that, ch- you know, those older children will be using materials for. And it is just the culture of the classroom that we're all yeah, we're all working at our different, our different paces. And the, and the exciting thing too, is that, you know, a six-year-old that's super excited about fractions can be working with an eight-year-old who is doing fractions at the same level. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. It's actually, it's amazing. It's amazing.
0: I mean, I think I was just, I mean, math, the math section of the Montessori classroom is so vibrant because everybody is working on so many different things and maybe in different ways like and i've had that pairing before where there was an older child that maybe math wasn't their you know strongest suit but maybe there's a really eager six-year-old who's you know and they are at the same level but it doesn't it doesn't matter right it doesn't matter and and that's that's beautiful i think um and i think you know we incorporate a lot of different subjects into math as well. I mean, there's the whole aspect, or, or not aspect. There's the whole um, component of cosmic education in the Montessori classroom, where you know all the all the subjects are related. They're they're connected, um, and I think a lot of that comes into play in math too. You know, we we explore how math, you know, has been important in history. How math is important in, in music. Um, it's it's very very connected and. And that sort of helps the child realize how wide reaching math really is, um because I always used to ask, "Why do I need to learn math?" And I really never got an answer <laughs> until I learned math again in Montessori. Um, because right. you do I mean, math is everywhere, right? but um it's it's having that deeper understanding, it's having that understanding of, you know, why is this this way? Um, then you can really. Be like, oh, okay. It's not just a formula I have to memorize. Because when it's just a formula you have to memorize, then you are going to ask, well, why do I need to know this? Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah.
1: I think the way that we present everything, like it's and how we present everything as sort of interconnected, does mean that kids don't. I've never had a child say, Why yeah. do I need to learn yeah. this? Mm-hmm. Because you know, it's, first of all, it's usually fun the way we present <laughs> right. something and we usually present it connected, you know, connected to something else they already know. And so they don't, they don't have that traditional, it's not presented in isolation in the way that those of us who, who grew up in, um, mainstream education had that, you know, sort of experience of why on earth, right? You know, what do I need mm-hmm. this? Um, but I think that you know the the key things that are really amazing about what we do in math is that we've got you know a vast curriculum that covers the six years of of you know what children need to know, but also that it allows that flexibility of discovery and work with it within those six years, knowing that we'll get we'll get to all mm-hmm. of it um and that we then um it, a lot of it allows for that that discovery. Like this that guy that I watched go on to paper by himself. Mm-hmm. like that's the ideal sort of hope and experience and all the work they do in math in negative numbers. I mean, we have you know we have we have a vast sort of curriculum and a, to to support the children with, um, but we we can, walk through it from the concrete to the abstract you know offering the children the the pathway to abstraction as is appropriate for each for each child so and we're not stuck mm -hmm. like it's not like here's our two weeks on fractions and if you didn't get it you don't you know too bad for you yeah we got to move on really that every Mm -hmm. child Mm -hmm. yeah Every child really gets to understand it. They get to spend time with these concepts. And if you look at a seventh grade textbook at anywhere in the U.S. at least, the math work that we do is a good three quarters to, you know, 90 percent of the textbook for a seventh grade class there. Mm. They review a lot of that mm-hmm. work. They review a lot of that work.
0: How great is that? That's just fabulous. Mm -hmm. Um, I think another thing that's fantastic is there's lots of different ways to learn math. The Montessori math materials are very wide ranging and there's a ton of them. Um, so there's there's a couple different ways to learn long multiplication. You know, there's a couple different ways to learn different sorts of division. Um, it's not a one size fits all kind of model. Um, and you know Montessori isn't a one size fits all anyway. So of course, our math section is you know going to represent that, you know, as well. Um, but how great is that? You know, that's freeing in a sense. like, oh, well, you don't understand it this way, or this might be a little bit, you know, this isn't working for you. Let me show it to you this way. And we're I'm not having that conversation with the kid. Of course not. I'm just gonna present them another material, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. Well, and the fun thing too is like say we've, you know, we have all these materials for long multiplication, but we also have a way we show long multiplication with decimals, mm-hmm. with decimal fractions. That's right. And so that's another place where a child can have some repetition. Uh, you know, there we have to be really creative too, because there is so much repetition throughout uh, all the math. And so if a child's struggling with long multiplication. We don't just have to stay there and (laughs) work on that and work on that till a child gets it. Like for one thing that, I mean, that's super boring and frustrating for the child. We have lots of other, let's introduce multiples. Let's start doing some Mm -hmm. fractions multiplication. Mm -hmm. Let's do, you know, let's do multiplication with negative numbers. Let's try some other things to see if we can help that concept uh, click without just doing the same thing over and over again. So it's an important thing to, to remember in our work especially in math, is that if children come in without some of the basic math skills that we would expect, maybe they struggle with exchanging or they can't, they don't know their math facts or they don't know um, some of the operations, it can be tempting to only focus on that for the child. And actually, what we need to do is short little sessions with them to practice some of those basic skills, but we need to introduce new concepts. So go ahead and introduce the concept of a multiple. Totally. And they're going to get, they'll get counting practice, they'll get multiplication fact practice in that, like, we can introduce new ideas alongside the sort of support we're going to give to basic skills that maybe are lacking. That's right. You know, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. That's,
0: that's so right on. And, and I love that the child is pretty much none the wiser, right? As this is happening, they're just experiencing mm-hmm. new math lessons. And that is what I love the most because that's keeping their delicate spirit, you know, they're okay. You know, we're not – I I always felt like, you know, I felt as a – I feel like this is like a math therapy session for Rachel over here. But I've <laughs> – <laughs> But I felt like I was labeled as just a kid who was really bad at math. And then, you know, my my parents who are musicians, they weren't good at math either. So they also had that kind of fixed mindset of, oh, I can't do math either. Um, and I, I think the Montessori math curriculum um, or the no, I don't want to say curriculum. Sorry. Let me say that again. The Montessori math section just it just totally removes that. Um, and that's just amazing. I never want a child to feel the way I felt about math, you know.
1: And what happens if we only focus on the skills that they're lacking is that they then feel that lack of skill quite strongly, right? Like, that's all they feel in their math. And so that's why certainly we have to work on those skills that maybe are uh, are still emerging. Mm -hmm. But... We also have to bring in new thoughts and new ideas so that they don't ever get that Mm -hmm. feeling of I'm bad at math and that's why all I ever get to do is, you know, practice my addition or Mm -hmm. whatever. You want them to be practicing their addition and I can present factors to you and you can do, I mean, there's just so much flexibility we have in our work and we have to stay focused on that. You cannot take your math album and start on the first page (laughs) and take a child through through it in order like it that is not how it's meant to happen Mm -hmm. it's I mean in some ways I wish we organized the albums according to concrete stuff yeah and then passages to abstractions so that if you were tempted to go through it from page one you would just be going through all the concrete presentations that can be given as a as an introduction to a concept so yeah yeah. And so if people want to rearrange their albums, like yeah, that, they sure, they sure should.
0: Could. Totally. That's a really good point. I I remember flipping because I I mean, the math album so big. It's it minus split in two. But I remember having to flip really far, but just for an intro lesson. And, in, you know, who knows what like games with squares and cubes or anything like that, which is like in the second part. But I'm giving it to a seven year old because it's like the intro. You know, it's so funny. Um, that's a really good point, actually. Um but yeah, I mean, math is so fun. You know, we we tell stories about, you know, we personify mathematical ideas. and It's so fun. Um, and that, that creativity, that wonder is very present in the math section. Um, and, you know, when we're giving these lessons, I think it's another important thing to remember. We're not saying, okay, everybody, we're going to have a math lesson. You're just like, I want to show you something. They don't even know, they probably don't even know yeah. it's a math lesson. Like, I mean, and I think that also yeah. the with any lesson that we give in Montessori, it's really important not to label it like that. Um, of course, when they get older, they're going to know which what subject it is, of course. But in the beginning, you know, I just want to show you this. I I saw you were and you yeah. were looking at this the other day. Can I show you? You know, I mean, how, it's it's so great. I mean, I yeah. love it.
1: That's a really good point, too, because I think there are times because what tends to be tested in our culture are math and, you know, reading and writing skills. And so we mm-hmm. have a tendency to elevate math through, mm-hmm. uh, through without even necessarily intending it, but where we might say, hey, have you done any math work today? Or what about math? Or you need, some classrooms even might say you have to do math before you do anything else. Mm -hmm. And that's, we Mm -hmm. really have to avoid that because no subject area is more important than any other. And math, even though there's, you know, there are vital skills they need to be a, you know, a contributing member of society in terms of math, but we don't need to elevate that any further than any other area. Um, so that's right. avoiding it's really important to avoid those kinds of requirements or expectations and mm-hmm. um, just encourage that excitement and joy about it not mm-hmm. not, you know, math is different from everything else because we're making you do it every day. like that's just not right right. That's right. just it's just not the way. It's just not the way we do things. No.
0: (laughs) No, it's not. Oh, man. Well, um, we hope this was helpful. Um, It was so fun to talk about math. Oh, man. I just, I could talk about it for a while. We might have to do another episode about math, and maybe (laughs) we'll talk more about when we get to abstraction, because it's just, it is such a rich subject, and the way Montessori presents it, oh, I just, I, I think it's it's genius. I love it. Um, And so yeah, this is I hope this inspires maybe you to look in your math album, maybe right. rearrange it like Jamie said, <laughs> or, yeah. or just plan some fun math lessons. Um, yeah, really
1: delve deeply into it and think about I mean, it's always nice to like look over your albums again in the summer. So um, but especially math, think about how you can how you can really personalize it for each child and how you can um, really help them on their path to to discovery of these concepts on their own with the materials to help them. It doesn't have to be you, you know, forcing that they get to they get to have that fun of discovery themselves.
0: hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right.